1: Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, and I want to thank you for joining me here on the podcast. Uh, Hopefully, you're a subscriber, uh, whether you're over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Make sure you go over there, and subscribe, hit the bell. You'll know anytime we upload some content. The reason I say that is because when we do a podcast, which is a totally different platform. When we do a podcast, we also share it over on our YouTube channel. Now, what we've started to do in our thumbnails is put in the thumbnail whether or not it's a podcast or video so that when you're seeing a new catchy looking, crazy looking thumbnail, you'll know whether it's associated with a video or associated with a podcast. Because a lot of people like to listen to the podcast using the YouTube app, and that's perfectly fine. Um, But what we find is the majority of the people that listen to podcasts listen on their favorite podcast player like Spotify or Spreaker or Deezer or uh, iHeartRadio or whatever. You just have to make sure that you hunt for us, master the NEC, and subscribe so that you can actually get notifications when we put out something new. And I put out a lot of podcasts versus the videos. Um, but again, over on our YouTube channel, you will see both the podcast and the videos. And so moving forward, we're going to try to differentiate that so that when you see the thumbnail, you know right away whether it's a video or a podcast. That way it avoids any confusion uh, so that you can listen to it at your leisure. I have a lot of people that listen on their Alexa apps or on their actual devices, or they actually um, will listen in their car or... You know, and a lot of times, Spotify, you can share to your devices. So again, just a great way to listen to the show, but I want to thank you for coming, as always. Uh, it uh, means the world to us to know that the people out there are getting something out of our podcasts. So today, we have kind of three topics that we want to talk about in this brief show, um, and it's just something that, that I want you to know we've got going on so that you can uh, uh, kind of understand some of the things, some of the videos that we're putting out in a little bit. So three topics today. The last topic is going to be dealing with meter bypass, uh, which is the bypass switch in a meter. So again, hang around to the to the third part of this for that. Um, we're going to talk about uh, tabbing a little bit because I got some interesting, I did a video on tabbing, but I got some things to share about that, um, that uh, just to be aware. And of course, we'll talk about some free stuff uh, that we'll have going on. All right. First things first, let's let's talk about those tabs. So you probably tabbed your code book. And of course, you're checking with your local testing center or whatever, whoever administers the test for your state. Uh, you're making sure that they let you tab. OK, you got to do that first, uh, because at the same time and they might be a bulletin that's put out by like the testing agency like PSI. Uh, you just need to check with your testing uh, with the state. And see who does the testing, do they have a bulletin? All that stuff. And it's pretty easy. Uh obviously you know who to contact if you know that you have to take a test. Like in Texas, it's TDLR, Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. In Virginia, it's uh DPOR, Department of uh, Professional Occupation and Regulation. You you should know by now who you need to contact to get some information. Okay. Um, And then basically you say, I need to know if there's a bulletin, who does, who does, who administers the test? Because if it's PSI, then you can get a bulletin and the bulletin will tell you what you can and what you can't bring to a test, what you can't do during the test and how you would mark your code book, if you can even mark in your code book and things like that. Now, some even, you know, test centers won't let you use your own code book. You have to use theirs. So again, it's it's really good to do your research. Again, that's part of your preparing to take an exam now. If you're already licensed, I'm a big advocate for tabbing anyway because, again, on the job, you want to get to something quickly, uh, and depending on how deep you get into code, you need all the help you can get. And so, properly tabbed code book is a benefit. Um, the reason I did a video, and you can check it out over on our YouTube channel. Uh, the reason I did a video for tabbing: one, I didn't find one; uh, two. I have encountered people tabbing their codebooks wrong, even though they get instructions, uh, because what happens is um, the most recent case was a codebook was purchased for a corporation, a couple of codebooks for their R&D department, and the codebooks came in with tabs, and they gave it to the um, uh, administrative assistant or secretary or whoever, and said, you know, because they were busy, they said, tab these out for us. It's pretty simple. Do the code sections are on the tab. Just put them on there. And dude, it looked like a spaghetti mess. There were tabs. There was no uniformity to it. it some were over underneath the others. And to the point where you could, I mean, it was just a mess. And I saw this firsthand. And there were instructions. And again, people don't read instructions. They'd rather watch something than actually read an instruction manual. So. Um and then of course that leads me to my situation. So obviously I've done tons of code tabbing and teaching people to tab and to highlight and all that stuff through the years. Um, and the tab's a tab, you know, there's the colored ones and then there's the plain. It's the, you know, you're really you're looking for the code information to be honest with you. There's nothing significant with the color, it just breaks up the monotony of all the tabs looking similar. Um but interesting enough, um I recently ordered some easy tabs. From uh, Electrical Association and I got some really, really poor tabs. I mean they were poorly done and uh, just not something I could recommend. Um, now I' I'm, I'm believing that these are probably counterfeit or they're copying um, which leads me to this question if you're a listener out there and you know a company that makes these tabs, I would like you to pass me their information. so email me the information. Um, I'll send you a bunch of good free stuff. If you can hook me up with a company that actually produces tabs, uh, the reason is, and and I don't want a third party. I don't want to buy them from somebody that already gets somebody to make them. Uh, I want to know if somebody can hook me up because I've got a couple leads, but I have some unique things that I want to put on tabs to sell with our programs. And so I think the ideas that I have will benefit uh, people studying for exam. Or there's some tabs that I think need to be made, and no, I don't want to ink laser jet on myself. I don't want to get into that. I want a company that does this, um, and we'll you know. So if you know somebody, pass it on, pass their information. If it works out, I'll send you a a finder. Thank you. Uh, because the more I'm seeing these tabs from other companies, they're really just a garbage. Um, so anyway, I've got these these tabs. And it's clearly that some of the the inks coming off of them. And so it looks like they probably just rapid tag these things out themselves. But anyway, the reason I say that is because, again, be careful where you buy your tabs. Um, Don't chinch on your tabs. okay? You know, I would expect to pay anywhere from 18 to 25 dollars for a set of good tabs. Um, I wouldn't pay any more than that um things like that make sure you look at the reviews because again we're notorious electricians if we get something and it's just crappy we're going to put a review uh and things like that so um so check it out but again if the problem is that this one also didn't come with instructions that also told me that it was uh Pretty much, somebody Xerox copied the, the cardboard insert, and it covered up all of the instructions with a picture of what's called the Easy Formula Guide. And again, that tells me right there that it's anytime you have something that's designed where the instructions are actually covered up by some print on top of it, it tells me that it's, it's somebody's counterfeiting them or copying somebody. Uh, and again, the tabs weren't the greatest, and I've gotten tons of tabs through the years, right? So. Um, Again, I, uh, I'm i not going to say the name other than the fact that they say electrical association on them. Other than that, I'm just not happy with the tabs. And if that hurts somebody's butt during the process, I don't care. I'm thinking about my students. All right, anyway, so if you want to know how to properly tab a code book in the mentality of it and some tips on highlighting, go check out my video uh, you can't miss it. It's got a tabby cat on it with the big old eyes. You know, we're doing more thumbnails that kind of eye catching type of thing. So go check it out. And just, if you're going to have somebody in your staff do it, share the video with them. So they don't, they're not going to read the instructions, share the video with them and say, Hey, watch this video and then tab these books. Okay. All right. Same with a helper. Same with they They're not going to read the instructions. They just People don't. I mean, anyway. Okay. Next topic we want to talk about, freebies. Um, I've told you many times before that you need to understand the basic concepts of some of the formulas and how they apply, Ohm's Law, Watts Law, things like that, parallel series. It's going to benefit you. So over on our website, masterthenec.com, over on the very front page to the lower left side, because I get people that listen to the podcast and they go and they send me emails and they send me texts and go, where's this free formula thing you're talking about, right? And I'm like,
0: uh,
1: I told you during the podcast or the video that it's on the main page of MasterTheNEC.com in the lower left. It'll say free formula cheat sheet. That's where it is. That's where you download it. It's free. And we're going to be coming out with more of those, but it's free. Uh, one of the suggestions I made to people was, you know what? you could print that out on a full size page label uh, or, or shrink it whatever you want, and stick it in the front inside cover of your code book and uh, you know they might not even see it during the exam and again, you could argue if it allows for permanent labels, you could argue that's a permanent label um, but again, usually they just shake the code book and look at it, but again, do it your own you know do at your own risk. I'm just saying that's one way to do it. And I can tell you it has been successful in uh, a couple of people that have done that and emailed me and let me know. So anyway, uh, there's options. You can do that, or you can just print it out and use it as a cheat sheet uh, just to kind of start learning some of the formulas and things like that. Uh, uh, now, if you're after an exam and you're in the field, then it's just great to print that thing off, uh, that type of thing. And for people that are in our Fast Tracks program, which again is the, the world's greatest exam prep program, um, there's a lot of forms in there that I recommend you print out anyway. And in most of them, I recommend you laminate them so you can use a dry erase pen and and actually use it when you're calculating services or feeders or things like that. It's just a great tool, whatever makes your job easier. Okay. So that's a, I wouldn't say that's free, um, because that's inside the program that you have to pay for, but that's a free tip for you. How about that? Now, Back to the free stuff. Also on the main page of our masterthenec.com website is we also have posted a study plan, 60-day and a 90-day study plan. Now, typically this is to work with our Fast Tracks exam prep and NEC code knowledge program, but it doesn't mean you have to. It's still a, a detailed study plan that, that gets you focusing. And anywhere that talks about our program or some of our uh, exam prep stuff, you can substitute that with your own exam questions or your own uh, prep type of stuff. So, again, it's it's tailored to our fast tracks program, but it doesn't mean that you can't substitute uh, some third party or some other, uh, you know, quizzes or some other exam questions or whatnot. So it's really just a it's a study plan. It's not a program. You're not buying a 60-day or 90-day program. Um, The fast tracks is you get access to it for a year. Unless, of course, you get the the bundle special, then you get everything for two years. But uh, it's just a study plan, and it's free. It's over on our website. And again, use it. Substitute what you have. Whoever you're using, maybe a third-party educator or somebody else, it's okay. Just substitute their products as far as questions and, and quizzes for where we tell you on the plan to do a quiz or a test or you know things like that. Uh, the whole concept of a study plan is to really take somebody and say, look, I, I understand that maybe it's hard to wrap your head around a study practice, right? Uh, something that you're really studying for. And so what's the solution? Well, the solution is to have you actually follow a plan and try to put it in place. And it just really helps you get from point A to B quicker. And again, we're all about you getting to be successful. So that's why I put these plans together. So they're also free, available for download. Now, we do offer a program for 30-day program, which is intense. And in order to do that program, um, it's a, a very intense study and you have to make a commitment to it. You're not going to be successful if you don't commit to it. So that's a different plan that you purchase, uh, which includes some tutorials. And there are includes, you know, one on ones with me in your second and your fourth week of study. But everything else, um, you can follow the other plans and, and use it with the normal fast tracks or use it with whatever program you're doing right now. It'll work fine. Not a problem. OK, uh, the next topic we want to talk about on today's just uh, chat is, I had a question where somebody asked me what a meter bypass was and was it a disconnect? Um, and the answer to that, and I, I, I can give a brief answer to this, is that meter bypass is for the utility. It's Think of it this way, it's, it's not for me, the uh, electrician. Why? Because it's inside the meter, the meter's going to be on, you're going to be tagging the meter, that's inside. So that is for the utility company. And if you think about bypass, it's exactly how it sounds. If the meter's in there, then power's running through the meter. That's obviously kilowatt hours, that's that's how they're charging you. Um, But in many cases, and again, I have seen in rarity where they require them in some areas of the country on dwellings, usually not as big of issue. Commercial, it's very common. Because we don't want to pull, they don't want to pull the meter, not knowing what loads are going on inside the building, and then they're making and breaking it by pulling it loose. And again, that's just uh, problematic. Raises the issue of, of risk to the utility. So, in a meter bypass, they simply flip the switch, and it does exactly how it sounds. It bypasses the meter. It makes the connection. Everything inside the building stays running. All you're doing is is you you whatever's running after that bypass, you're not, you're not paying for it because it's not going through the meter, but it's inside the meter. So it's usually sealed. So you're not going to get to it anyway. So it's not like somebody could do something, although people do do stuff. Um, but it's there for the utility. So they, they, they engage the, the meter bypass and then they can pull the meter out, uh, under no load on the meter socket. and And then they can replace it. The meter socket, or whatever they need to do, and then of course they can uh, disengage the meter bypass, and then you're back to running the power through the meter. Um, it is not a disconnect; it doesn't meet any disconnection rules. It um, it's not to be used from by electricians as a disconnect. So, I usually tell you know electricians just totally get that out of the mind when you hear somebody say something like the rules that are in 230.85 now for and one of the options is a meter disconnect that is not what they're talking about they're not talking about a meter bypass okay it's an a separate meter disconnect uh and again it can serve the same function the only difference is it will cut power off altogether uh, for the meter application now, a lot of people say, "Is there, you know, if you did a meter disconnect, is it always on the line side or the load side of the uh, the meter?" And again, preference would be to whatever the utility wants. Most utilities have a blue book or some book that they give guidance. Uh, the only difference is, you know, if it's on the load side of the meter, then they kill it. Right? Then they can remove the meter. They can do the work on it. Uh, and not have any any power. If they put it on the line side of the meter, they could kill it, and it kills everything. And so again, most of the one, you know. So I mean, it's just preference on where they want it to be. Um, particularly from for me, it, and and I would prefer it on the line side of the meter. And again, check with your utility. See, ask them. Don't be afraid to communicate with them and say, you know what do you want me to do here? Do you prefer it on the line side of a meter or the load side of a meter? And uh, if that's your option and that's what you're going to exercise, then then uh, do so. And and they'll be more than happy to help you with that. I am more than sure that they'll, they'll tell you the preference that they they like. Uh, in many, Like I said, in some states, like in Virginia, for example, you have what's called the Dominion Blue Book. And the Dominion Blue Book will give all the guidance that's necessary in there, what they expect. Uh, and all that type of stuff so um, but that's that's a difference between a meter disconnect which is truly a disconnect um, and in our case with the new changes in uh, 230.85 um, it becomes also in some cases a a actual emergency disconnect as well now it wouldn't be a service disconnect it's a meter disconnect. But it also could be emergency disconnect. But you have to meet. You have three options under two hundred thirty point eighty five uh, in order to look at and see which one of them uh, you know meets your flavor of, of your installation. But again, the the purpose here was to differentiate a meter bypass versus a meter disconnect. It, a meter bypass is a lever that's internal to the meter enclosure, and it is not to be used as a disconnection means it is for the utility It is as it sounds it's to bypass the meter to remove the load hot switching cold switching all this type of stuff it allows them to be able to remove that meter socket and not worry about anything live inside of the actual building that could cause a make or break arc depending on what's going on you know this could be a big industrial facility that's got a lot of motors and things like that, and they're they're drawing a load, and you start pulling that meter out, it could arc. And again, it's all about safety, uh, and it could be required by your local jurisdiction. Um, more notably, the utility company. It's you know, and if the utility supplies meters, uh, then they typically, if you get it from them, and they re- they require a meter to send it because I think that Jay, and y'all are y'all familiar with Jay Grundberg, who is actually my co-host over on Electrician Live every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Check us out. Um, where to check us out, you can go to electricianlive.com, or you can go to our youtube.com forward slash master the NEC channel, and you can watch it from there. Uh, of course, you can listen to the podcast live as well from Electrician Live, uh, or any of your popular podcast streams. Um and so all of them in Colorado, at least where he's at, they, they require a, a um, bypass. So, again, don't confuse that with a disconnect for as far as what electricians have to do. It's a meter bypass. It's really for utility. It's internal to the meter enclosure. It's for them. It's not for us, the electrician. Okay? All right. Well, that's about all I wanted to cover into this episode. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Right to the point. Um I do encourage you all to um check out our website masterthenec.com. Uh if you're studying for an exam, jump on over to our Facebook page, just search for Master the NEC Exam Prep. Uh answer a couple of questions. We want to keep the trolls out of there. And if you answer those questions, you'll get accepted. If you don't answer them, you'll get rejected. Pretty clean cut right there, right? Um if you have code questions, obviously you can uh send them to us via email at info at master the NEC.com or you can go to our website and do the contact us and post them there if you want. Um, but we also have our own message board as, as well that you can visit by just going to our website. Um, and of course we have the uh, at master the NEC is basically our social media. So connect with us on social media and we love to share things, tips, things like that. So till next time folks, stay safe. God bless, and again, hopefully you got something out of today's episode.